I can hear you, all right? We're rolling sound. You can hear me pretty good? Yeah, no problem. All right, let me just turn these up then, just in case here. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey. I'm good. Dude, thanks for coming. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. We're going to do this thing. I'm excited, man. Um, So... I know who you are, but for everyone listening out there, what is your name? And then uh, how old are you? I'm Dan Dean. I'm 42 years old. That 42. That's fucking weird. Can I say fuck on this? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I, fuck yeah. That was a weird weird question to ask me right off the bat. There. Everyone does that. This is like a dating game. I just want to know. I'm secretly just trying to hook up with comics, and I want to know your age and your I location. You. I hear you. Uh, yeah. So where are you from, and how long have you been doing comedy? I live in South Charleston, Ohio, which, I, you know, that, that was a useless thing to say because no one's ever fucking heard of it but I, i've been doing comedy about 10 years now started, okay started back in 2010 2010 yeah. so how did you get your start did you like did you like like what was your initial uh introduction to comedy as a kid or earlier in life and then also how did that take you to wanting to get on stage i had a weird path i was never really into comedy too much you know i watched like eddie murphy raw shit like that when i was a kid and, and you know thinking back i've seen a lot more comedy than i thought i had but i never <coughs> i never made any effort any concerted effort to actually watch comedy ever and I, i'd never been to a live comedy show before i was always just kind of kind of a funny guy you know like class clown in high school that kind of thing but i never i never considered comedy as a thing because I, I wasn't i didn't follow it and I get, my first time I considered doing comedy was at my sister's wedding. My the the best man at the wedding was my sister's brother-in-law, and he he was just real scared to talk. So it came time for him to give his best man speech, and and he's kind of over here like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm scared to death. And so I was like, fuck it, I'll do it, you know. And, and so. My brother-in-law got up there and, and he said, you know, the best man speech is, is going to be given by my brother-in-law. So I got up there for like 15 minutes. And, you know, I, I kind of thought about it beforehand what I was going to say. And I, I basically just kind of roasted my sister <laughs> at, at, at her wedding reception. So for you like killed. Minutes. <laughs> you yeah. killed your first time. I, I, yeah, I did, I did great up there. You know, I got out, got a bunch of laughs and everybody was saying what a good speech it was. And I was like, yeah, all right, that was pretty cool. And then shortly after that, a friend of mine, I was in the military with leslie battle had just started doing comedy you know she'd been on stage a couple of times and she was going up at wiley's and she said hey i need some people to come you want to come out i said yeah fuck it let's do this thing i'll, I'll watch that was the first time i'd ever been to a comedy show no first, shit first time i'd ever been to a live show and i went out and I, i'm watching you know how <laughs> open mics are at wiley's sometimes they're, they're hit and miss yeah so i got up there and some of those people i'm looking i'm like motherfucker if these guys can do this i can do this so <laughs> exactly i talked to the guy who was booking it was jack wilson at the time i talked to him that night i was like let me get up there so he, he booked me for about a month later and i wrote some material and never looked back from there hell yeah that's fucking dope uh speaking of leslie battle she was on my podcast a few weeks ago and she actually smoked weed for the first time with me yeah that's my that's my comedy mom right there dude she's good people for sure yeah, I like Leslie. Very funny lady. She was, you know, I obviously knew her before. She was a comedian, and she was super funny. You know, she'd be in uniform, just cutting up and, and making everybody laugh. Yeah. And when she told me she was doing comedy, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I understand that. I find that, too. I find that some people are naturally funny, and this is just something that they fall into, and, it, you know, it just seems to be... 
like they were going to be an entertainer. Everybody always tells them like you're funny in conversation or you're just, you know, you're a class clown. And then some people, you know, they find this and then they have to actually work to be funny. And, and, you know, sometimes that's good and bad. Sometimes you'll see, you know, flowers bloom and then sometimes people just get tired of it. And they're like, why the fuck are these other people getting gigs? Why are they naturally good at this? And I have to work so hard. I I still think even if you're naturally good at it, you have to work hard as shit. Hard as fuck. To be funny, you know, not just to be funny, but to be personable and to get gigs and to come back and so many things that go into it. People don't realize. Yeah, And there are a lot of funny people who just don't keep up with it they don't do it because it's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work yeah it takes a ton of drive what's going on with your mug here what is that? this is rick from rick and morty so oh, this is oh. my favorite cartoon right. i was looking at the back of it it looked like some goddamn alien yeah some jacked up thing. yeah yeah I basically so my man i i guess i've never really explained this so i have a stranger's thing poster i see yeah I have rick and morty and then what i really want i couldn't find it was dr strange uh it's my, it's my, my favorite superhero I'm into that whole alternate reality, you know, you know, change dimensions. I'm into that concept, man. I feel like I totally might have done that with my life in some weird way a couple of years ago. I feel like I switched everything around and I just like I uh, fucking created a new person and now I'm and now I'm that person and it's, it's weird. I I think that people could totally change their reality. I, these shows are much more, you know, deeper uh, and it's mostly technology or things that are like outside of our control that are making these changes or taking people to other places. But I think we have the power to. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I feel like people can definitely change their reality. I've changed mine. You know, I don't know if it's any supernatural superhero bullshit or, you know, whatever, but for sure you can change your reality. Yeah. Well, I think for some people it's harder than others. And maybe I'm just one of those people who are like, I needed to think that it was magic or I needed to have that. It's just like people who, are into religion. I don't mean to knock people that are into religion, but some people need organization and some people need like structure to, for their life. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah. Get girlfriends like that, I think. Yeah. I feel like yeah. for that, for that aspect of the, like of what we were talking about, I, I just needed, I need to believe that that is what happened because I don't want to believe that I was who I used to be. I hated the old version of myself, you know? And then, yeah, one day things just change and I feel like it was, you know, partially because I was manifesting all this, but who knows? Who the fuck knows? It's probably, I'm just probably weird, and this is my way of coping with, you know what I mean? Like, the changes that are ensuing in my life, but, um, okay, so I, we... I feel like you took, like, one hit, and all of a sudden, just got deep. This is like, what's crazy. Quick. Like, this it is what's cra- hit you immediately. No, 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 it's not the weed, bro. It's me, and that's what I tell people all the time. They're like, you know, you get so crazy when, you sm- when you're smoking weed, you got all these crazy thoughts. I'm like, no, motherfucker, the weed is to calm me down, because my mind never stops, bro. The weed makes the crazy thoughts go away. It just, yeah, it slows them down enough so I can say them to other people, because these motherfuckers are always just, I get out of bed, and it's just like, da 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 can't stop it. Um... Uh, Okay, so you've been doing comedy for ten years. Um, got your first start. Uh, the first your, you got the bug when you did your sister's wedding, and then you you went back to Wiley's. Wiley's is the first place that I I did comedy to uh, officially, and uh, I think that's really cool that we relate on that topic. Um, what do you think is like your most memorable thing like that happened to you over your comedy career? Like, what's something that sticks out to you as wow, this is cool that I'm you know that I'm finally here or something that like maybe you're going to quit and you, uh, something kind of pulled you back in. Is there anything like big that happened along the years? 
There's two things that really stand out to me. Okay. And the one thing is the worst show I ever did. And then the other one's probably the best show I ever did. And the worst show I ever did was a spot in Nelsonville, Ohio. The Nelsonville Eagles down there. Carlin Haggerty was running the show. It was, it was some sort of charity event for, for some guy. And it was it was just a shit show from the very beginning. They Nobody was there to see comedy at all. They were all just there to basically celebrate this dude who had some weirdo disease and and celebrate his life and have a good time with him. They had no idea you were going to be there. I, I think they knew, but they just didn't give a shit, man. They were, <laughs> okay. they were talking the whole time. They were, you know, I wear a kilt while I'm on stage a lot. Okay. No, I've never seen this. And so on that show, a guy ran up on stage and lifted my kilt. <laughs> oh, shit. That's my kind of party, bro. <laughs> yeah. And two other guys jumped up on stage and were mooning the whole crowd. While I was up there. And then at the end, the headliner was on stage. By that time, everybody was pretty much sick of it. And they just started cleaning up. Like, they were folding all the tables up. Well, the headliner's on stage. Well, they're still performing. And, no, get, oh, no I'm not done. I'm not done. The fucking janitor <laughs> came in and was running the vacuum. While the headliner was on stage. <laughs> That's for some of you comics out there who think it's a problem. <laughs> they're handing out checks. <laughs> so much worse. No, it was ridiculous. It was the craziest thing I've ever fucking seen. It doesn't get any worse than that when you're fucking... But because the show was so crazy, it it was a memorable thing, and it was a lot of fun. It wasn't really fun at the time, I guess, but looking back on it, you know, it's fun to talk about. It's, it's, It's a fun memory to have. But then my best show was just because it was one that I booked at a theater in London, Ohio, and, and we sold this place out. It was about 250 seats, and the place was packed, and it was the the very first show we did there, and the town, it, it, they just loved us. It was it was great, and everything about that night was fantastic. That's dope, man. So I, I'm, I was real happy with that. It feels good when you do a, a fucking sold-out room. I mean, that's one of the best. Exp- I bombed that sold-out room, though. I didn't bomb, but it was like earlier on in my career, and it was at Wiley's. It was at Fireworks, and I bombed out. But that's, like you said, that's just as powerful as those big shows. It, it will never fucking, you, you'll never forget that just as much as you'll never forget that because it does something to you. Like, it. I think it makes you appreciate the good ones, but it also like it makes you not give a fuck, and that's a, that's powerful. If you get to the point in your career where you're bombing and it doesn't really bother you, you, you know you've been doing it a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know you, you've stuck with it at right. that point. You know it, because you know it's going to happen. It's inevitable, and you just kind of roll with it. Like fuck it, yep. let's do this thing. You take it harder when you're early on, when you you feel like it's a personal attack or something. You know, oh, what I, mean? I used to take it real hard yeah. when I'd bomb. Now I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Yep, it happens. Whatever. Yeah, that's comedy. You know. I was talking to somebody else about this. Maybe it was Phil Pointer on an earlier episode, and we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, whatever's going on with you, you just got to leave that shit at the door. You just got to be like, this is comedy. This is this is our job, essentially. So even though it's fun, and a lot of times we do it for no money, when it when when it is, you know, time to pony up and get on that horse, you got to leave that shit at the door. And I'm trying to find that balance myself, you know, trying to be like... Yeah, but I had a bad day. <laughs> what the, you know what I mean? I got to pull my head on my ass and take some deep breaths. Um, 
and just get up there and do it. And it's tough sometimes for sure. You know, most people in, in our crowd, you know, in this area know my, my PIC, my partner in comedy, Wendy Ferguson. And she, she has a lot of bad days, you know, just because of, of her, her, she deals with a lot of depression, you know, her mental state. And then obviously she has some physical issues that she deals with as well. And just, she, she has a lot of trouble keeping herself up. And there have been numerous times where she wanted to cancel, where she wanted to just say, I, I can't get to this show. I'm in too much pain. I'm, I'm depressed and I can't. I can't make it. And I have to tell her, you know, you know, getting on that stage is your therapy. You, yeah. Every single time you'll go feeling like this and you'll get off stage and feel amazing. You'll feel great. He's giving me like, cold chills, you know, dog. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I finally, you know, I'm glad you talked me into doing this because that's just what I needed. Uh, yeah. People laughing and, and getting that rush while she's up there and you know every single time it happens and sometimes it gets the best of her she's a killer too sometimes she she ends up having to cancel because she's either in too much pain or or she's just too depressed to really do anything and sometimes it gets the best of her but you know if you can talk her into it, it every single time it that's what exactly what she needed yeah i think that's what we all need too man and it's a weird thing about Maybe not just comics, but performers in general. It's like even like high-level athletes and people like that or actors. We're all missing a little piece of ourselves, And that's kind of where this this whole wanting to be a spectacle in front of other people. And like that's kind of where it all comes from, I think. There's, this, there's something that's missing from each and every one of those people. But all those people also we compensate with our drive and our goals and shit like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's sure. like we're all a little bit fucked up for sure. So it's like I can totally relate to that, what's going on with her and what's going on with even me. Like we all have those days, man. Like, And, yeah, some people have it worse than others for sure. I would love to get her on the show, by the way. She's so fucking funny. Every time I've seen her, she's did really well. Oh, she'd love to fucking get high with you. Dude, that would be dope. That would be so dope. Uh, yeah, we did a podcast together for, for like three years, and she's she's – pretty fluent you know she's pretty familiar with the whole thing with so, the smoking yeah. and stuff so you're you're not though right am i right you're not familiar well, with the, with the weed smoking yeah no I'm, so i'm not a smoker at all okay this usually comes like later in the interview but i guess i'll just ask you now have you ever smoked weed i did you have i did i did one time and it was december 28th so this this last month yeah we're, yeah we're less than a month like a we're month talking ago. 26 days yeah so it's still in your system, technically. Probably. <laughs> so this is my thing. Can you kind of tell me how that whole, like, divulge to me how that went down and then also what your initial reaction was and then kind of how you feel now later uh, that it's that it's all over? So, you know, like I said, 42 years old, never smoked weed. I, I've been in the military my whole life since I was 20 years old. And so obviously in the military, you're not allowed to do that. So that is why I went my whole life without smoking. Well, December 31st technically was my retirement date. So my, my last day in uniform was December 14th. And I had my orders. I knew I was retiring December 31st. I was at a Christmas party December 28th with a bunch of my friends. And they were all smoking. So my girlfriend happened to not be at the party with me who doesn't smoke you know she's recovering and 
I figured that was a good time. She's not there with me. I could try this out. You can indulge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going. This is something that everybody likes. It's becoming legal. No, All over it's the place. decriminalized. Yeah, everybody. It's no longer a criminal act. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody talks about the benefits of it, how great it is. It's like I have to try it. I have to do this thing. You know, not not that I planned on continuing to do it because, you know, as long as she's sober, as long as I'm with my girlfriend, I'm sober too. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not doing any of that. But she's not there. I, I can try it this one time, and see how that goes. So. They're passing this bowl around, and I took I took a huge hit off of this thing. I mean, I filled my fucking lungs as much as I possibly could, and I held it, and I could just feel it burning. Yeah. Like it was burning. That's virgin lungs. My lungs. Have you ever seen it, Training Day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Denzel yeah. Washington. Yep. That's yeah, what that's I think of every time somebody Maybe. tells me that. It was fucking burning my lungs and i'm like well clearly it's in there it's it's fucking yeah working it's coating me coating my lungs and so I, you know i exhaled and uh you know i started coughing as I, I feel is a normal thing to do but it was it's still i could just feel it burning in there and i was like god god damn this is awful <laughs> and so I'm, I'm coughing trying to get it to stop or whatever went about my night you know for about the next 30 minutes or so I'm, I'm not feeling anything about that 45 minute mark. I'm like, ah, I need another hit. I need another hit. So I did it again. Just, just fucking filled my lungs. Just a giant fucking hit out of this bowl. And same thing. It was just burning. So you basically just got, you just got like the, all the effects of smoking except for getting high. Well, you didn't really feel anything from it. No, I did after that. Okay. The second time. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's one of those things they tell you, you know, like if you eat an edible, yeah, and it doesn't hit you right away, you have to wait. You do have to wait. You have to let it hit you, and you know, don't don't think that you just didn't have enough. Yeah, you didn't outperform the pot. It's right. coming, right? And, and I think I just didn't wait long enough because shortly after that second hit, it hit me, and it didn't feel like I expected it to hit. It, it didn't feel like everybody said it was going to feel. I I felt exactly like I was real drunk. Okay, which was is kind of kind of the opposite of what everybody made it sound like it was going to be. But I was, I got real dizzy mm-hmm. and I'm real fuzzy headed, like I couldn't think straight. And then I got real sick to my stomach, like when you drink too much and and you feel like you're going to get sick. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it felt exactly <laughs> like I was just real drunk. There is a uh, there is a. Uh, a disease associated with people who uh, who smoke weed later in life that actually uh, it gives them like an irritable irritable bowel syndrome. I I don't know the exact name of it. My phone's charging, but I can't look it up. But yeah, there is actually um, a, maybe you can look it up. Just look up um, a disease that makes weed hurt your stomach or something along those lines. And then there's actually a name for it. And some people do have that. Man, it's not for everybody. And that's why like this show, I tell people like I don't advocate drug use. I have found a lot of benefits from marijuana, and I know many people who have from not just marijuana, uh, like mental effects and like, you know, being creative, but also CBD 
uh, has helped a lot of people that I know. So, so I actually started taking CBD shortly before that. Okay. As well, and, and I can't Kinda say got that you it, on the train. It did or didn't do anything good or bad, but it, it burned my. I, I took the the drops that you put under your tongue. Okay. And it, after about three or four days of it, my throat was burning. Yeah, you get in cotton mouth. That's what it is. It dries you out a bit. Well, it does that. CBD, there are different ways of extracting the oil. And if you get the kind that was extracted with alcohol, like ethanol, yeah, th- they say that is what causes that burning. But they have the CO2 extraction. Yes. Apparently, if you get that, that'll prevent that that irritation. Yeah, it's much more throat. expensive. Also, yeah. uh, there's yeah. a difference between using uh, oil oil-soluble versus water-soluble CBD, which is a huge argument right now. Um, it's, it's like a new industry, but, uh, I know some people who I work with who's just, they've just now purchased a actual, a CBD company. The people who own my company purchased a CBD company as well. And they were telling me about, um, like the lab studies and testing that they've just got back as far as, uh, like the, how much your body absorbs, uh, when you take an oil versus a water soluble. And then also, you know, the differences in the taste and things like that. And, and, uh, it's much more expensive, but it's, it's CO2 extracted. It's, uh, it's 90% absorption rate where if you take an oil, it's 25 to 30 just because your body's not meant to take an oil that way. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, you're going to push it out and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely a hot topic right now in general. And we're in a time where like things are changing and it's a super gray area where we really don't know where this is going. Like, we don't know if it's going to be medical. Is this thing, they're just going to let us do it like alcohol and cigarettes? Or is this going to be something we got to, you know, we just got to get rid of? I think we're still at a point in society where we're like, you know, I don't want I hope we don't backpedal. I hope we don't go backwards in prohibition. Because as far as I know, they've ended the prohibition altogether. And it's supposed to take place in 2021. Um, but... Yeah, man, we're we're making major steps. And also, I think that it does, like, give you a creative sensation if you get the right kind of weed. The cool thing about weed being everywhere now is that you can now know what you're getting. Like, when you're at your party with your friends or even back in the day, like, when I first started smoking, you're, like, probably smoking some Reggie. It was probably, like, kept in some guy's dresser drawer for six months. Like, you just don't know what you're getting. But when, you, when you're able to go to the store or even get it from a doctor or however they end up letting us have this thing, it's like you're going to know. Like you could see this, this shit right here. Like it tells you that this is a, this is a hybrid. So this is somewhere in between um, an upper and a downer. This is like a speedball basically, right? And then they'll, they'll all tell you. The packages will tell you how much THC you get. It's like that on the weed too. And a lot of people for their first time actually smoke these pens, bro. That's like been the new fad. For whatever reason, because they taste really good. So you get to get high, but you also get to taste like the vapor juice. This one is called Sunday Driver, and then this one is called Dank Sinatra. Okay. So there, it's a little bit different than actually smoking. Um, I don't know if you'd be interested in trying that, but it's uh, it tastes really good. It probably still burn your lungs just a little bit. I mean, it's, it's like alcohol, man. That's how I think of it. Like no matter what, if I smoke a joint, it hits me. You yeah. know what I mean? Or even if I eat yeah. it. I taste that. I taste that burn in edibles. You've never done edibles? No, I've never. So it's just that one time. Yep, just the one time. That's going to be my only time. You know? Yeah. Not only because I didn't like it, I didn't care for it at all. But you know, like I said, it's it's kind of a thing. If 
my girlfriend is sober, I'm I'm gonna be sober too. I, I'm on that train with her, dude. I'm, I totally I'm respect support, that. Support her, whatever she does, and I totally respect that. <laughs> I'm not gonna be out here drinking or, or smoking, you know, putting this <laughs> stuff into my body when she can't do that. <laughs> right? No, dude, you're you're on the support system. <laughs> I totally feel that. My uh, my stepfather was an alcoholic, and uh, you know, for a long time, my mom sustained and we sustained. We I went to Al-Anon meetings and like. You know, we went to meetings with him, and uh, yeah, when you have a good support system behind you, man, if you have a problem, you can definitely, you know, get over it with the right mind state. And it's about you. It's about the it's about the addict himself. It's not really about your support system. But fuck, does it help when you're not enabling them, and you're not out getting high too, and, and making them jealous? Because overall, right. even though even though that sounds weird to say, for an addict like like myself and a lot of other people, they you know, you know, like. Little shit like that gets to you. I know she's had some people in her life in the past who weren't supportive. You know, they were out doing this shit. And yeah. It just makes it super hard. It does. Super hard. What the fuck is in your mouth? Okay, is so thing? this is a dab. Let me teach you. This is a dab. This is the extract of marijuana. So kind of like what you're talking about with the CBD, there's several ways to extract marijuana. You can use an ethanol method. Um, you can use CO2 gas. You can use ice. Uh, and then you can also use butane. Butane yields the most. Um, usually, but it's also, it's more expensive to make it because you have to have, um, all these expensive like ovens and like, uh, vacuum sealers and safety things to like get the chemicals out of it at the end. So basically you heat that up and then that thing melts it off of the end of it. <laughs> it vaporizes. <coughs> so that's called a banger. <coughs> you get it hot. <coughs> and you put your weed in there, and it's just like <coughs> it just seems super pleasant right now. What you're doing, like, yeah, it makes me want to do it right along so, with you. Like I just want to be coughing, my fucking hacking my lungs up. It's not. It's totally worth it. So, <laughs> yes. so this stuff is called Sunset Sherbert, and then I don't know what this is called, but that's the coolest thing, dude. Is like you can get all kinds of different kinds nowadays, and it's fucking. It's just a cool time to be alive for weed heads, man. Like it. And the, a big reason that I wanted to bring you on is because I wanted to, like, you know, stress the fact that it's not for everyone. And and <coughs> I respect sobriety. And I respect anyone who <coughs> has at least tried it and gave it a go. And when you told me that story when, when we were hanging out, I was like, that's that's respectable. I mean, don't, like you, give don't, it a, you gave it a shot. That's fucking dope. Don't get me wrong. I think weed should be legal. I, you know, I think people like you should absolutely be able to smoke it. There, there's, yeah. I, I'm functioning. Very, not everyone is. <laughs> well, I guess that's true, but I, I, there's not a lot of difference between that and alcohol. You know, there's if, not. If alcohol is going to be legal, why wouldn't weed be legal? Yeah, I don't want my kids smoking it. I don't want anybody driving and smoking it. There's things that they, that has to be regulated, just like alcohol. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's not like fucking heroin or something like that. It, it's not. I think it should be legal, but like you said, it's just it's not for me. Even if yeah. even if. I weren't with my girlfriend after the time I smoked it. I, w I still wouldn't do it again because it, yeah. was, it was terrible to me. Nothing like heroin. No way I could have did six hits of heroin and still had this conversation. Right. <laughs> so That's true. Nothing like that. Um, yeah, man. It's <coughs> it's definitely uh, it's helped me in a lot of ways just with like anxiety and like mental stress. I, I, I had a hard childhood and I found found weed when I was like, like, you know, becoming an adult and it it helped me get through a lot of shit. It helped me. Well, what it did was it helped me see myself for who I was. And then once you 
kind of know who you are, it's much easier to play your role and your position in your life and for the people around you and yourself. So it just like, I just went on like a weird spiritual journey when I was young, man. And I got fucking got real high one time and, you know, and it's happened a couple other times since then. Sometimes I get real baked and I see the future and I just like, I plan shit out and now I'm sitting here. Like this is kind of the same thing. That's why I wanted to try it. That's the kind of experience that I want. You you hear like Rogan talking about that shit all the time and all all these, all these psychedelic trips that he goes on or whatever. I'm like, that's what I want to experience. You know, I want to be on that different plane. I've I've done DMT. to, To look in an introspective manner at myself and, and yeah. be, you know, have that creative juice flowing that, that they talk about getting when you're, when you're smoking, you got to tap in, man. It's there for you. Fucking nauseous. Well, I think a lot of it is going to just be with experience, man, because you know, if it's something that you don't want to do, that's because of, you know, you have, you have a lot of good reasons to not do it. So I'm not trying to talk you into it. I feel like I was, that's what this was about to sound like, (laughs) but yeah, say what you got to say, man. Yeah. But I feel like at the same time, man, like there's a, yeah, there's a way for everybody to use it responsibly. And you know, if it's something that later on down the road, you know, you just because to be honest, man, like I, I was addicted to Xanax for a long time. I was prescribed them for about 10 years. And then for a few years after that, I was actually addicted to them. And I used to even think that I was addicted to alcohol. But I'm not addicted to anything. I could stop this today. I uh, I drink a few times a month. I I like to drink at shows um, because it's fun. But I use it like like a fun thing. Like I don't use it as like a crutch or anything. Right. Uh, and I think also when you get around people, like I grew up with a, a stepdad that was in a, a drug abuser and an alcohol abuser and a lot of other people in my family, my father as well. So you actually look at those things differently too. And when you start using them, you're like, man, maybe I'm that. And I think it's about your perspective. So, you know, later on down the road, man, especially if it gets completely legal and you could just buy it at the gas station like you could pop or popcorn, I want to grab you something sometime and just see what it's about. You know, something different. Do your research, bro. Like, if you like to be up, then you're going to want sativas, you know. Uh, I always do my research on anything that I try to that I try to do. You know what I mean? It's important as fuck because you don't want to... <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't even like smoking weed with people I don't know. Even if it's my friends. It's like, I like to get my own shit. I like to know what it's about. You hear horror stories, dude. My aunt asked me the other day. She was like, you still smoking pot, Johnny? And I was like, yeah, sometimes. And she was like, you know, they're, I heard on the news they're putting fentanyl in the pot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, God, I, I hope not. I, I've heard a lot of stories like that. Yeah, dude. You fucking, you, you, can, you can only hope. There's so many horror stories out there from street drugs and fucking drug dealers. Especially in Dayton. Yeah, especially not just Dayton, but everywhere. But this is a hub, bro. Yeah, the growing up in this city, too. You got to think, like, especially living in the inner city. I get exposed to a lot of shit like that. You know, people down the street from me, you you just see it. Cops right now, you hear them out there going to a goddamn drug bust. No, yeah, maybe. This is actually a nice area. Yeah. This is, I live in now, but there's still, yeah. I mean, we're not in Dayton right now. Well, we're in the suburbs. Let's not say where we are, but yeah. Some people know already, I guess. I don't know why I'm being weird. <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> so, um, we talked about weed. We talked about your experience in comedy. Um, I think I, I'd like you to talk more about your experience in the military. I mean, that was a huge part of your life. So, that obviously molds not just your comedy and your jokes, but even like now, like your discipline and the way that you approach your family, like your girlfriend, your relationships. I feel like that's probably a huge part of it, right? Is, is the military and just 
or did you have a pretty strict upbringing? You seem like a, like a strict guy. Like, I don't know if that, no, if that resonates. I, I think that that's probably pretty much military. I mean, I, when I was in high school, when I was a kid, I was pretty well out of control. I, I didn't have any respect for any kind of authority or anybody in my life, pretty much, especially the military. You know, you have the recruiters come into school. And I'd just kind of make fun of them and talk about how they were brainwashed. And, you know, anybody who goes into the military it was weak-minded or what, you know. And all of a sudden I went in and I don't even know why. It was just like something switched. I wasn't really doing anything with my life. I, I had, very, you know, I went to college, but I didn't really like it a whole bunch. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't for me. And so I had this just dead end job and I wasn't going anywhere. I, I didn't feel like I was living up to my potential. And I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's join the military. Yeah. So a week later I'm, I'm in the Marines. <laughs> That's how quick it is, huh? Well, you know, sign the papers or whatever. It, okay. It, it takes a little, you know, it's a process and yeah. you, don't, you don't just go right away. It's not like you walk into the recruiter's office and then very next day you're at boot camp or whatever. Okay. It, it's a process, but. I ended up shipping just a couple of months after that, and I was in the Marines for, well, I was active duty in the Marines for four years, then I got out, and I was out for about two months, right after 9-11 I got out, and I kind of missed it, just missed the people, and so I, I but I didn't want to go back in full time, and you know, I was kind of teetering, and I went, so I went back into reserves, Marine Corps Reserve, and ended up getting deployed shortly after that you know the war started and we got deployed right away right at the beginning what and war were you in the uh operation iraqi freedom oh you so you you were one of the first people to go in yeah i i think i can't remember the dates exactly i think the war started march 18th and we got in country like march 23rd or something like that we you know we are we were in camp pendleton ready to ship overseas we were, we were doing our train up de, you know for deployment we knew we were going over when the war started okay and so we're in california doing our train up kind of watching the news when the war started and we got there shortly after that and uh you know we were doing like uh enemy prisoner war camps we, you know we're military police we're, we're doing that kind of thing where uh the, you know the infantry would go in and clear a town out and they'd bring all the POWs to us and we'd process them and, and ended up taking them down to Kuwait to a different holding facility and doing like area security, you know, uh, like traffic control points or whatever, checking for high profile targets that they're looking for, that kind of thing. And, uh, we did a lot of customs missions for, for troops coming in and out. Um, how long were you over there? Your first deployment? Eight months. Eight months. Yeah, it was it was fairly short as far as deployments go. But okay. man, it felt like a goddamn eternity because we didn't have it. It was it seemed real disorganized that first time. We didn't have any solid end date. We didn't have any information coming. Nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. And we kept switching. We we were at like four different bases while we were there. We kept having to pack up and move shit out, and it was. Is yeah, that for your safety, or what do you think? No, we, we just had different missions coming. You know, okay, be like, so you right, had to now, go. Now yeah. you're doing this, we have to go to this place and do it. Now we're doing this, we have to go to this place and do it. So you're like contracted out of these different bases. Sort of, yeah. And and at the whole time, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't have any amenities because the war just started. We were over there 
in 120 degree weather in these two man pup tents. You know, we didn't have any air conditioning. We didn't have any ice. We, and we, hell, we barely had any water. We got allocated two one, yeah, two one liter bottles of water a day. And, and they were like 120 degrees. So you, you had to drink your water in the morning if you wanted it at all cool. Because if you waited, you're drinking hot water, and that didn't hardly cool you down at all. And we also didn't know what to expect from the enemy while we were over there. So we had to walk, walk around wearing our full chemical suits. Dude. Which are... In the fucking 120-degree yeah, weather. You know, you had your uniform on, then you had your chemical suit on top of that, which are heavy anyway. So, you, I mean, you're just drenched with sweat. You're dehydrated. Yeah, I got dehydrated enough once that I had to get a, an IV. Holy fuck. Which... It has happened to me several times before, and you always get an IV, and it feels great. It feels fucking amazing. So you're at the point where you like had a but, headache, you're throwing yeah, up. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I've happened. Been there, yeah. I had a migraine, and I was throwing up, and they gave me this IV. I'm like, finally, I'm going to get some relief. The IV was hot as fuck. Oh my god! Going in my arm, it was it was like bath water going into my fucking arm, and it even that didn't you know it. Obviously, it hydrated me because I got that in here, but it didn't make me feel any better because yeah. it was so hot going in. I was like, this is terrible. This is the, the worst conditions in the world. I'm Man. like, why, why the fuck did I sign up for this? <laughs> but, you know, that only, and that lasted about a month. But then, you know, we were able to move to a different place. We actually went north, further north in Iraq where it was a little bit cooler and greener. It wasn't the desert. And... Then we came back down into Kuwait to do these customs missions. And by the time we got there, they had bigger tents set up with air conditioning and, and that kind of thing. So you got a little bit of relief yeah. from time to time. And not now being over there, it's like a goddamn vacation. Really? It's, it's a whole different scenario. You know, they have, I got a friend that's in Iraq now. And yeah, she'll, yeah, she'll be back soon. But yeah, I guess they had a, a bombing over there, right? Last year? All the time. All the time. But I guess, I, yeah, I, yeah, I hear that the base that she was on actually got bombed. That's what friends of friends said. I didn't hear that from her, but yeah, it's crazy shit, man. Yeah. But it's not as bad though. You think like what it's been, how long has it been since you were over there? I was there 2017, 2018 on my last deployment. Gotcha. I think she's actually in Syria is where she's at. That might be. Okay. I mean, I've never been to Syria. We had, I, I was with a logistics unit and we had people in Syria, but I didn't, I didn't get over there. Okay. Got you. And I'm, not, I'm not sad about that either. It must be crazy being in the battle zone like that, too, and fucking like taking people out and like hunting fucking other human lives, bro. Like, but but for a good reason. Like, not that it's you know what I mean. Like, for good reason. That that's crazy, well, bro. Some people don't think it's good reason. You know, <clears throat> look, it just, a lot of people can argue that when you're staring down the barrel of a barrel of a gun, I don't think it matters if it's a criminal or a cop. You know, you gotta fucking make a move. It's either them or you at that point. Yeah. Them or you. So it doesn't matter. You gotta, you know, you gotta fight for your life. So when you're in that situation, that's your job. And your job is also not to just protect yourself, but a bunch of other people with you. And then you guys have a lot more at stake than even yourself. So it's like, it's a big job to put on somebody. That's right. cool. And I, mean, I commend the hell out of you, man. Thanks. It's, it's really dope. Um, yeah, I thought I was gonna try to get you high tonight, but you are a very disciplined person. <laughs> Uh, and I respect the hell out of that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I'm glad that we can agree that it should be legal. Um, 
but I don't think anybody has a clear idea on like how or when or you know where this whole thing's going. It's probably going to be a growing process, just like anything. You know, I, I think it probably needs regulated in in some way. But you, I, I'm more of that libertarian mindset where I want less government, yes, and less taxes and that sort of thing. More but, localized, yeah, government. Yeah, but I mean, you you have to regulate, like you said. It, you know, you can't just it can't be anarchy. People smoking and going and driving and you know, doing whatever. There have to be rules. About has to it. be too. There's two. There's this shit tastes like candy. If, if kids get a hold of it, it's gonna be done deal. They're gonna be fucking hooked on it for the rest of their life. Like that's 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 what I don't want. Just like alcohol. Like I think most people are addicted to alcohol. They just binge drink. You know what I mean? Like most Americans, we just only. I I we don't. I don't like to think that. But there's a p- small part of me that thinks that we're all alcoholics. We just find, you know, we find what day of the week works best for us. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm not sure I'm I'm with you on that one because okay. it, the, the weed was easy for me. I hated it. I don't I don't want to do it anymore. I don't. But I like you. I, I would drink a couple of times a month when I was at a show or whatever. I'd yeah. have a few drinks and go home I, after. It, it, it was yeah, it was fine, no big deal. But right. you know, now I'm with her. She's not drinking. I'm not drinking. I haven't had a drink in a long time, and it, I have no problem with that. It's I, I don't even I don't even think about it. Yeah. Which, that maybe that's a shitty thing to say. You know, if she's listening to this, she's like, "Fuck you." I, th- <laughs> I think about it every fucking second of every day. You know, I want a goddamn drink. It, yeah, it, it comes with maturity too. Not drinking, or even just not drinking as much. Because yeah, when I was younger, you know, I might not be coming home if I had a couple drinks. I might just fucking end up, you know, at, at the strip club with my yeah, friends wherever. or something. You just don't know where you're gonna end up. So, yeah. It, my priorities have changed. We, you know, these these things are just plants. It's just like liquid and 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 flowers from plants that we're smoking and drinking. So I don't try to take it too serious. I started a whole podcast around it. Uh, I don't try to take it too serious, honestly, because it is just like a a fun hobby, or or a vice. Or I really haven't figured it out. And that's one thing I like to ask a lot of people too. Um, do you think it's more of like a vice or a hobby, uh, or you know? Or do you think it's both? I, I do think it's both. I think it depends who it is. I, I don't think everyone is an alcoholic, but certainly a lot of people are. And then a lot of times it's kind of like smoking. A lot of people aren't necessarily addicted to it, but it, it becomes a habit. Yes. For them. People are creatures of habit, aren't you know, they? they? They just they, they get done, go on their break or whatever, and they know it's time to smoke. Yeah, it might not necessarily even be craving it, but they, you know they need to have it in their hands or they need to have something in their mouth. I'm the same way, dude. Like that's why I like to smoke all day long. I smoke to the point to where it doesn't really even affect me much anymore. Like I feel a little bit of something initially, but it doesn't even. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know you super well. I've talked to you several times or whatever, but it doesn't seem like since you've been smoking that there's a big change. Not really. Your, not in your personality or anything. And I've had a bunch. <laughs> I mean, I've been smoking for like 45 minutes straight. Yeah. Right. And I think I, I, haven't, I hadn't smoked all day since then. Um, so you could see like it didn't didn't put me under the table or anything. And also, I like to smoke the kind that brings me up. So I prefer sativas just because it's like an upper. I, I do like an indica sometimes if I if I don't have anything to do and I'm home. I just want to watch some TV. Maybe if I have some downtime, I do like to chill or maybe eat an edible that will slow me down and kind of chill me out. But mostly when I smoke. Yeah, I like to I like to get the strains that match my personality, dude. And like that's the cool thing. 
about right now. Like you could find that. You could find that with. Not everybody can find it. You have to have like your medical card and you have to go through a whole fucking process. But I think eventually we'll be like California. I would like to hope. I don't want to just think that. But, you know, I hope that eventually we can be like California or Seattle, you know, Washington, places that it's decriminalized and everybody can kind of have their way. And, uh, yeah, man, I think that's that's the direction that I wanted to go. But like I said, no one really no one really knows right now besides the people that are way high up and have stake in this, you know, more than we do. What did you think about it when Ohio had it on the on the bill to be legalized and it failed? The first time? Yeah. Well, I think that not much changed when it did get legalized for medical purposes. Um Except for it's just for medical. So this is last time they were like, hey, we're going to let you guys have weed recreationally, but only 12 or 12 to 15 dispensaries and grow operations are going to be allowed within the whole Ohio State area. Yeah. You don't have to purchase it all from these growers and these sellers. Yeah. Everybody was like, that sounds like a monopoly. So we voted out. And then it comes back two years later. It out of Monopoly, it's the same fucking in. bill, but except for it's not recreational. It's only medical. And because it was medical... Ohio is filled with old white people and they fucking voted for it because they thought it was beneficial to, to medic. They thought it was a, a medical thing. So just that one word, that medical medical. Yeah. So what, well, it also creates a huge stream of revenue that's not possible um, without it. So they're going to bank off this for a few years, just like every other state has. They do it for five or 10 years medically. And then, you know, when things get medical, they spread into the streets. That happens with every drug, every medication. Sure. So, I mean, I know people who... You, you've had a Vicodin or when you had a maybe a, a toothache from a friend. Am I right? Maybe not, but... No, but it, I have gotten Vicodin from a hernia surgery that might have ended up in someone else's hand. Exactly. I Exactly. Or an ibuprofen or an antibiotic. I've had these things from friends over the years when I was in serious pain and I didn't need to go to the hospital or something. You know what I mean? Or I had a... I was sick, but I was like, I just need like two antibiotics. Right, <laughs> I mean? right. So... I think it's just like that, weed's going to spread, and then more and more people will know, and, you know, the market value will rise, and then then they'll make it legal when it's big, big money. Right now, it's still, they still don't know, you know, <clears throat> how to get it out of people's hands. Like, they can't figure it out, because it's a fucking plant, <laughs> so yeah. you can grow it anywhere. Yeah. You, you it doesn't matter, the stuff that I had was homegrown. See? It's the, easy. Yeah, the, 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 that guy... So you were talking about you know what you're getting or whatever. Yeah. I knew 100% what I was getting because he could tell me I grew this in my backyard. It's this strain, right, this specific strain, right. That is crazy. I mean, at the same time, man, like the plant itself may not be what you want, you know. Maybe next time maybe try an edible or try some of these oils because the plant materials are no longer in here. This is the derivative of this, and then this is the derivative of the actual plant. So... Essentially, the plant gets blasted down with some sort of chemical solvent, like we talked about earlier, and then that will yield this like honey-like material. Uh, and then, if it was made with a solvent, then they'll cook that out. And if it was just made with ice, you'll just get the the batter. So they call it like batter or wax or um, shatter or depending on the consistency, they'll call it a different name. But it's just dabs. It's all just uh, THC oil. And then what they'll do is they'll take like the, uh, what is it, vitamin E or like, uh, what the fuck is this stuff called? It's the same stuff they use to cut tobacco with whenever they make the e-cigs. 
And they take that and they mix the dabs with that in some fucking factory somewhere. And then that's how they get these oil pens. So basically, like, the government can make billions of dollars on those, bro. Because weed already doesn't cost that much to grow and manufacture. And now you can get like, you can get basically like four times the price by making them into these little vapor pens. Like they basically, it's like cocaine, dude. It's like crack. They figured out how to cut weed. Like as soon as the government is able to do this and regulate it, that's when they'll do it. But I think for right now, you know, it's just important to spread the message that it's not for everyone, but it is a cool thing to at least try it. And uh, I, I think we could pretty much wrap up, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show and like sharing your experience with me about the army and about the first time you smoked and, uh, and also about how you got started in comedy. I think you're a super cool guy, very disciplined. Um, I respect the hell out of you. Is there anything you want to say? Do you have any shows coming up? This won't be out for maybe like two months, but you can give your social media info or if you have any, like anything else. Yeah. I, I before you do that, you, you said army and I don't want people to think you're an idiot because all I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. All I talked about was the Marines, but I did switch over into the Army, and I retired from the Army. So okay. He said he, what he said was correct. I was in the Army. So. That's me being a jackass, folks. And if you listen to my show, you know that happens all the time. This is not a place to get information. I, I, yeah, I, I just didn't want people listening going, this dumbass, he said fucking Army. Yeah. Like I was in the Marines. I was it, in both. Yeah. It would be no fun if I wasn't an idiot um, at the same time as, as a bright young soul just trying to make this all happen. And you guys subscribe to my podcast and also follow Dan Dean on. Yeah, I'm, I'm on whatever social media, either Dan Dean or I wish I was laughing. Comedy. I wish I was laughing comedy. Yeah. And that's on Instagram. Do you have a page on Facebook? Yep. People can like. Yep. 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 That's awesome, man. Thanks so much, Dean, Dan Dean, for coming. I'm at, I actually am kind of stoned right now. You can see the effects. <laughs> um, and thanks, guys, for watching and listening. And please subscribe to my channel and check me out for the next episode next week. Thanks again.